I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Jen. Hi, Sarah. So for anyone listening this week, we have a bit of housekeeping to get through before we kick into this week's letter. First, I should mention we are in my office today. So if you hear any tweeting in the background, that's my (laughs) little budgie friends. They're just chiming in. And if you'd like to come and meet my budgie friends and hang out in my office yourself... Jen and I still have a couple of spaces left for the Inner Circle Mentoring Program that we're offering, which is a one-day workshop here at my house with Jen and myself and the rest of the Inner Circle. And that's going to happen on the 6th of April, followed by three months of group coaching online from wherever you are. So if you are interested in taking a look at that, you can find all the details at the link in the show notes or on our website. If you just search for Letters from a Hopeful Creative, you'll find all the details online. And while we're promoting, Jen, you've got something launching very soon. I do today. By the time you're listening to this, I have a guided journal that's gone launch live today. It's called Homecoming. It's all about finding a home within yourself and your business. It's sold with like exercises and journaling prompts to help you kind of go deeper into what you want in your creative work and life. And there will be a link in the show notes if you want to find out more about that too. I'm really excited to do it myself, actually. Well, I'm excited for you to dive in. Shall we? So today we are doing another rapid fire episode. We are, because the last one was really popular. So we have decided we're going to do this periodically pick out topics that we hear lots and lots of questions about and try and gather them together to make a single episode where we can answer as many as possible and today we are talking about mailing lists mailing lists email newsletters whatever you call them so I guess before we dive in, someone might be listening and might be being like, well, what, what are you talking about? What's a mailing list? Mm. What is this? And I would say that your mailing list and your newsletter is kind of your most precious asset. Absolutely. And especially in the age of algorithms, we're also concerned with building our followers on Instagram or on Twitter, but actually your mailing list is the followers that you kind of own direct contact with. Whatever happens, you've got their email address and you have a way to contact them should everything else disappear tomorrow. So your mailing list is basically just your directory of your people who have opted in to your mailing list. And you're going to maybe use something like MailChimp or ConvertKit or all these other ones that I've brain is losing the memory of the names. <laughs> so yeah, should we dive into the question? Let's go. Okay. First one says... Do you think it's useful to have a welcome sequence of a few emails to help people get to know you? Or is that a bit of a moot point by the time they've signed up? It's a good question. I don't have a sequence. I just have a single email. What about you? I just have like a welcome email that says, here's what you can expect. Here's some freebies. A little bit more about me. I personally do not enjoy welcome sequence emails. I don't. And it's kind of, that's the classic advice you're given is to do a sequence. But I find it's kind of overboard. And I think we're all so fatigued by our inboxes that actually to assume that people want to hear from you like two or three times straight away is it's quite a big assumption. It's a big ask of your audience. And a lot of the blueprint like welcome sequences that are taught to people is like, oh, you sell to them and you pitch them. If I'm sold to the minute I sign up to someone's email list, I'm going to disengage because I just feel like another number. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you have an idea for an amazing welcome sequence that you think delivers value and that you think is a great way for you to connect with someone, I know I've definitely signed up to things before. Maybe there's been like seven days of like inspiration or prompts. That's awesome. I think it's knowing why you're doing it and not just doing it in the hopes of it being effective. Yeah. If the fact that the emails are coming on different days separately kind of helps the content make more sense then I'm all for a welcome sequence but if it's purely because you're like you've read that you're supposed to have one 
or you're just trying to kind of ram yourself down your audience's throat for want of a better expression then I'm I would say opt out and just just do what feels natural I think it's asking yourself ultimately what is the purpose of my newsletter and what is the relationship I'm using because your newsletter is the most intimate way that you connect with your people and so it's what kind of relationship am I trying to cultivate and build through this newsletter and no advice is helpful if it's just blanket advice yes and I think I do know that I enjoy it when there is a clear onboarding experience Mm. so when there's like a welcome email or sometimes people have it it sends you back to like a website and there's some freebies like I want to feel like it's intentional and experience but I don't want to feel like you're taking advantage of my email account yes you don't want people to be sick of you before you've even sent kind of your first spontaneous newsletter should we jump into the next one yes so this person says that they're curious about freebies and resources and what to offer people in exchange for the email that's not already out there they have ideas but they're all accessible elsewhere I think this is something people are feeling an awful lot at the moment. I've heard from so many of my retail kind of clients that discounts don't work anymore. People aren't signing up for that 10% off like they used to. And there's this feeling of kind of, oh gosh, everything's been done. But I still think there are so many exciting and innovative and interesting things that you can offer. It's just requiring thinking outside of the box a little bit and stopping looking what everyone else is doing and thinking purely about what's going to be really valuable to your audience. I'd also reframe it from a freebie. So for example, I did, and this is not good business marketing advice, (laughs) but I didn't have like a list freebie for like two years. Mm -hmm. It was just every week I send out these letters and if you sign up, that's what you get. And I would say my list has grown not much differently between having here's these free mini books between, and I, I love mm. giving my list a gift, but I also don't have like pop-ups and stuff on my website. Like I have a very like gentle, slow approach to list yeah. building. But what I would say is, are you offering a freebie because you think you have to, or are you offering a gift or something of value to your list because you have an idea that you're really excited to give them? It's okay if... So I know this isn't the person who's asked this question, but for anyone listening who is putting off starting an email list because you don't yet have the idea for the freebie, Mm. don't rush the freebie. Yes. But I think for this person, I think Sarah's so right. So what if there's a million free ebooks out there or a million free whatevers? If you put your spin on it, it's all about the relationship you're building with your email list. How do you want them to feel? How do you want them to build a relationship with your brand? What is a gift you can give to them that deepens whatever type of relationship you're trying to build? How I think personally for someone who is building a service-based business or the kind of business where you're selling information, the very best thing you can give someone is a taste of what it's like to have that experience with you. definitely. And I quite often, I'm sure this is the same for everyone in business, I quite often have ideas where I think, That's probably a bit too much to be given away for free, but I'm not about to go and make it a paid product. And so I save all of those things and think they can be things I give to my mailing list, kind of that in-between space where people feel like they've started to build that relationship and get to know my business, but they're not having to actually invest anything financial. I think it's all about being generous. One of the best advice I heard when I was starting out was like someone should, the freebie should make someone feel like they could have paid for it. Yes. Because that's when some, that's when you're really showing up for someone. I hate it when you sign up for an email list and it's like my 20 page free ebook and you download it and it's a one page PDF. Yeah. Like don't over promise and under deliver here. But I also think don't put your pressure on yourself to like do something snazzy. And if I sign up to an email list for the freebie, for the freebie alone, I'm signing up for the free 
freebie. Yeah. If I want to be on your mailing list for the content, I'm going to sign up either way. And I think it's remembering that if you have to trick someone to be interested in what you do, they're not the right person for you. So true. And that's why, like, same as you, most of my signups come when I send out my hashtag newsletter each month. People share it, people talk about it, or people see me sharing it. And they're like, oh, I, I want to get that. And that's not me creating a special product for my mailing list. That is just my mailing list existing. I mean, I just like to think of it as a gift. Of course, it's valuable. Of course, it's something that helps you get more list signups. But more than that, it helps you kind of have more of an impact with the people who are signing up to your list. But it's kind of doing it from a really intentional place of what is a way that I can show up and be of value to my people who are signing up for this and how can I do something a bit fresh because you don't just want the same of an ebook that everyone's giving away or the same type of opt-in totally put your spin on it so that when they get it it doesn't just join the file of everything else that they got for free yeah all those downloads that they're gonna read at some point you need it to be something that grabs people immediately so like I'm a really big fan of things like printables or audio downloads just things that feel a little bit more immediate and things that you can take away and have value in your life because I know if I'm filling in someone's printable at my table I'm going to remember them I'm going to go back I'm going to consume more of their content especially if that printable actually has an impact on my day or my week so it's about providing value safe in the knowledge that that is going to build a relationship and actually in the long run strengthen your business and I actually think an approach that is even more effective than just having like an amazing freebie when they sign up is to continue to show up and surprise your audience at least a few times a year I try and give them like a resource that I've made for them for free and I'm not saying you have to do this because the truth is it's a lot of work to do these things mm. but you shouldn't just delight them when they sign up if you have different ideas throughout the year you can add new opt-ins you can add new gifts you can surprise people your list is really a way for you to show up and develop a great relationship with the people paying attention to your work but also for anyone listening who's like I don't have the energy to set up a gift but I do have the energy to send a letter once a month go for it it's okay to start small that's the gift in itself yes don't don't forget the quality of the content of itself that is the reason you want them to sign up to the list for you the the opt-in is the surprise is like the treat yeah it's not the reason because also, yeah. the other day I literally signed up for an opt-in on someone's website because I wanted like a download they had I did not then confirm my email address to sign up to their email list yeah I quite often will download the thing and then unsubscribe especially if it's one of those really aggressive like oh I've signed up and you've already five emails in my inbox but then I've got people who's like the free emails that I like religiously read every week well when they publish them is Paul Jarvis's Sunday Dispatches Jamie Veron's Friday Letters and then Alexandra Franza whenever she emails I don't think I got a single free freebie when I signed up for that list (laughs) but I they're like my favorite things to read so I think it's just think bigger than the freebie the freebie supports what you're doing it's not what you're doing and I think that that does fly in the face again of a lot of the popular advice you'll find online about mailing lists but if you just check in with yourself and pay attention to how you respond which email lists you're signing up to which ones you're really invested in I think we all always have the answers ourselves anyway and you'll know what ideas you're excited about Mm -hmm. because you have to be excited enough to create it yeah so when my book launched in the last month I sent out on publication day a freebie to my mailing list which was you know those posters you see with like phone numbers that you can tear off at the bottom so we made instead the bottom had little mantras or little kind of challenges for your day like 10 of those that you could tear off stick it on your office wall tear one off a day and take it around with you and it you know that's not a marketing activity that's not going to make me any money it was just a nice thing to give to people to kind of celebrate this day 
And to me, it felt exciting. I was like, that's something I would use in my daily life. Yeah, no, I've, and that is a way that you just showed up and delighted them in a moment where you were saying, hey, I made this thing. Instead of just saying, hey, I made this thing, buy it, promote it. Yeah. You also said, I value you enough to want to just give you a little gift too. I think sometimes freebies or gifts is a great way to celebrate something you've done yourself. Like I remember last year when I launched my Writing for Dream Clients class for the first time, I'd also created like a, a mini book in the class that was like full of 105 writing prompts. Mm-hmm. And I gave that as a gift to my newsletter. And obviously, not everyone who downloaded that free book bought the class, but it just made me so happy that I could be of service to people for free in that way. Yeah, and that's something I know both you and I are always mindful of is not everyone's going to have the budget to work with us or to buy products. So giving the stuff away for free is really essential for making sure that what we do is accessible across the board. Definitely. Okay, next question. We have got a lot of questions about building an email list, getting people to sign up to your email mm-hmm. list. It's the big you know I remember, do you remember maybe like two or three years ago that the popular course that loads of people were doing was like how to grow your email list yeah and I still think people feel this it's the same with Instagram we ask ourselves how do I grow it how do I build it it's, it's the, that focus on numbers isn't it yeah and I also think that it's really interesting actually I had this conversation with a friend the other day who has for some people it would be a large email list for some people it would be a relatively small email list but she has around an 80 percent open rate wow which is huge I don't think many people would be able to say that they have an 80% open mm-hmm. rate so she has a small list incomparable to like huge list mm-hmm. but she has an 80% open rate which tell when I was saying to her because she was like oh my list is small I was like yeah but you've got an 80% open rate that means more people someone with double your list with a 40% open rate you're actually getting the same engagement yeah it's very much the same as don't pay attention to someone's Instagram follower number go and look at their actual engagement it's kind of the exact same formula isn't it But it's really easy to get distracted by the biggest number on the screen, whatever platform you're looking at. Completely. And I think, so when it comes to like, how do I build my email list? How do I increase people signing up? First question you've got to ask yourself is, okay, what is the purpose of my email list? Why do I have a newsletter? If you just have a newsletter because you read somewhere that you should have one, you're a few steps ahead there. Because the first question to ask yourself is, why do I want one? What purpose will it fulfill for my business or my creative work? So maybe you have one because you've got services and products to sell and you want a way to directly access your community. Maybe you have one because you don't trust the Instagram algorithm anymore and you want a place to have all your readers and community in one place. So first of all, ask yourself, why do I have an email list and why do I want to build it? I think if you just want numbers for the sake of numbers, that's unhelpful to even do anything with that. Yeah. I think it's more outside of numbers, what do you want the effect of those numbers to be? So maybe you say, I want an engaged list. I want a list who connect with me. I want a list who want to buy what I'm offering. Mm-hmm. I want a list who I can have an impact with. I would say go into that entry point, not just a, oh, I want 10,000 people because that's what I've been told to have. Totally, because that then informs your content. Like if the reason you've built your list is because you're annoyed with the Instagram algorithm, then you maybe send an email out every month that is like your top post from Instagram that you might have missed. Then you want people who love Instagram and love your Instagram content on your mailing list. Like it all kind of forms a perfect plan together. Skipping that step means you're kind of just wallowing around in the dark. Yeah. So once you've decided what your email list is, email list, email list is for, how to get people to sign up to it is you invite them. Invite them and don't stop inviting them. It is very tempting I think it's a little bit like selling ourselves we, we kind of hope that we can just mention it once or twice throw it out there and then never look at it again and, and it'll just do its own thing but actually the more you mention it the more you talk about it the more you show what's going out on your newsletter the more you involve people in that process 
the more opportunities people will have to kind of come over, discover it and sign up if it's the right thing for them. It's an experience. Like I know, for example, Jamie Veron, who's like one of my favorite weekly letters, on Friday she shares it and then she'll share how people are responding to it and people share it. And it's like you feel part of this bigger community. And I think also you have to build signing up to your newsletter into the ecosystem of your brand so if you have a podcast are you inviting them to sign up Mm -hmm. to your newsletter through this podcast so for example me and sarah will put in the show notes how to sign up to our newsletters if you would like more from us so if you have a website is it hidden on the website or is it on the homepage? i would say i personally i don't know if you'll agree with me on this if someone comes to your website for the very first time i don't personally love to be screamed at sign up to my newsletter Mm -hmm. i'm like no let me figure out if this is a place where i want to hang out a little bit more so i think it's that you don't have to scream at someone on your website but if someone is engaging with your stuff is it clear to them what your newsletter is and how and why they should sign up for it and there's so much software out there to make that easier because I do find pop-up boxes convert really well for me especially with my free Instagram ebook Mm -hmm. that's one that tends to work really well but you can set your pop-up box to come after someone's been on your site for three minutes you can set it after they've scrolled like more than 70% down a page there's all different ways that you can do it so that it feels more natural it's more a response to them engaging with your content especially now that we're in the age of like you land on someone's website you have to have the cookie box to agree to that quite often there's some other sort of privacy policy thing popping up and then there's also a mailing list so they're having to dismiss like two or three boxes before they can even see your content and I know quite often I'll go to a website and just give up and disappear from it yeah and you know what's so interesting I don't blog I mean I don't think I've published a blog post once this year so far <laughs> but when I used to blog more often my the, I would always share at the bottom of every blog post if you want more sign up to my emails and that was always the biggest way that I would get people to yeah. sign up and now on my website it's the box on the home page that gets the most signups and then the box on the page where it's actually saying this is what's in like the page of my website dedicated to the newsletter so it's just figuring out what works best for you what feels best for you but you've got to tell people that you have a newsletter you've got to tell people to sign up for it and then if you're finding that you're finding it hard to break through the noise that's when having some form of gift or incentive that is made there not to trick people onto your list but to encourage just to get people's attention because people are busy with the noise online that's where something like that is a very smart move because it gets their attention yeah it can go on pinterest it'll live there forever it can kind of be shared in other places i would also say pay attention to whatever pages are getting traction for Mm -hmm. you and don't be afraid to edit old blog posts if they're still getting tons of views and mention your mailing list there or even build something specific for that audience like I have a post on hashtags that every now and again it still goes viral it still gets discovered and shared and I'll see a huge influx of people so now I have a whole box on that in the middle of that post where I talk about my hashtag newsletter because I know it's a relevant thing for the people coming there and that's one of my big sources of people signing up so kind of paying attention to where people are coming from what parts of your content they're consuming helps you kind of work out how you can make your free gifts kind of appropriate, but also how you can put your sign-up boxes in the right places. Completely. And if there's anywhere else off your website where people are, you're engaging with people, so on your Instagram, on social media, anywhere else, make sure you're reminding them often. Yeah. Hey, here's this thing I do. I see my friend Jess, Jessica Rose Williams, mm. she most weeks will share, hey, my newsletter's going out. If you want it, sign up for it. It's such a simple, I mean, you you benefit from that more if you have swipe up at least on Instagram. Yeah. But do remind people that you're sharing this content. Share when people share it. You know, don't be afraid to be like, oh, great, this person enjoyed what I shared. I think it's, um, you cannot ask someone once and then expect that to do all the work for you. Absolutely. It's exactly the same as when you're selling a product. Completely. Okay, next question is tips for subject lines. 
What's your approach to this? I'm curious. So I wouldn't say I'm an expert on this at all, but I've definitely experimented over the years. So there's kind of two schools of thought when it comes to subject lines, isn't there? You either go for something that's slightly clickbaity, that's going to get your audience's attention and hopefully get them to open and read your email, or you go for something that's very descriptive and matter of fact and hope that they're going to want what's in that email enough to click on it. And I tend to go for kind of a mixture of the two, depending on what I am writing about. I would never say that I feel like I go for clickbait. In fact, once I did write, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was something like, I wish I could remember. It was some sort of question. And um, I remember a friend of mine emailed me and he was like, well played on the subject line. Cause this was just a newsletter that went out to everyone, but he had seen it in his inbox and had just been about to set off on a car ride and so for the whole hour he was like what on earth is that email going to be about and was obsessed because he thought he was in trouble or something bad had happened got back to home and realized it was just a newsletter and that actually felt kind of bad to me like I'm sure that's effective marketing but I was like oh I don't want to make people feel like I've tricked them yeah if anyone you're not going to be surprised by what I say my approach is (laughs) anyone listening who knows me will not I would say mine is more like content driven in terms of like oh this is the title that I feel sums up this yeah. piece and I'm just kind of like I don't care about open rate the people who are gonna this is just me in my very <laughs> this is so jam there's slow marketing and then there's me <laughs> like <laughs> and all I say I mean I'm a big believer in intuit in listening to your intuition do what feels good to you yeah. I think it's just doing what makes you feel like you I don't think there's anything wrong with being really intentional with your subject line so that your email gets opened I just don't have the energy to worry about that And I just kind of, for me, I'm like, I only want people opening the email who are really excited to read my email. They're going to open it anyway, if the header kind of talks about what the piece is about. But I think it's just tips for subject lines. There's lots of scientific theories you will find out there saying, do this, do this, put, do this, do this. Listen to it if that helps you. If it doesn't help you, listen to yourself. Even if the noise helps you, listen to yourself anyway. But it's also an experimentation. It is. And that's, that's why I feel like I can't be an expert on it because I feel like I'm still experimenting all the time. The biggest thing I pay attention to is what are the emails I'm opening in my inbox? Yeah. Like what is it that cues me to overlook them? Like sometimes I'll overlook a really important email because the header didn't cue me into what was in there. Sometimes like if how often do you get an emoji in a subject line? It's so rare. So if I do, I'd generally be like, oh, what's this? And I'll open it. So Paying attention to what sparks my interest helps me think about what might be interesting to my audience, but it's going to be different for everybody. So that's why it's got to start with that self-reflection, I think. And I'm so weird. This is honestly, sometimes I just listen to myself and I think I'm an odd person, (laughs) but I'm like the opposite. Like there's people whose newsletters I'll open, even if the subject line isn't appealing to me because I just love their work so much. And then there are people who have somehow ended up on their email list and their subject lines will be so snazzy, but I'll never open it because I'm just not connected with their brand. That's so interesting. We're all different. Yeah. The other thing to be mindful of is, of course, the promos folder. So most inboxes now, things like Gmail, Yahoo Mail, Hotmail, all use algorithms to sort out people's inboxes for them. And they will put anything they consider to be a promotional email in a sort of separate bundle that has less visibility usually than a main inbox email. And one of the things that determines whether you end up in that promos folder or not is your subject line. So it's not just that and kind of that's something to dig into deeper, I think, either with another question if we get one or maybe it's just something people need to go away and kind of read up on. But it's interesting that because I would say promos folder, I don't always get to see the subject line, but I'll see the names and this is on Gmail. And so if I see 
the name of someone who I'm connected with, I will open their email regardless of the subject line. But if you've put all your work into your subject line and it's landed in promos, it might not get seen. Mm, I don't have a promos folder in Gmail. Do I? I've never seen it. Well, I'm on inbox. I'm resisting. Oh, I just use Gmail. Gmail. But it does exist. It definitely does bundle them somehow. Interesting. Okay. The next question is how to differentiate what goes in the newsletter and what goes into a blog post. Another good question. How do you do it? So I have this whole theory approach called my content ecosystem. Mm-hmm. This is what I teach in my Writing for Dream Clients class. And I kind of believe that in this day and age, very rarely will you come across someone who is only doing one form of content. Mm. But I think that the trap we fall into, and I think this question alludes to that, is doing the same thing with everything piece of content. Yeah. So my kind of approach is figure out what content streams you want to use. And then they should all be working together for the same common goal mm. of what you're trying to achieve with your content. And your newsletter, you kind of give it a job and you let it exist unto itself. And I think the first step of doing all of this is diving deep into what's the purpose of my content? What do I want to achieve through my content? How do I want to show up with my content? And then figure out, so maybe for example, your blog is a place where you share kind of evergreen, bigger ideas, kind of content that is shareable and content that is kind of really like introducing people to your point of view. And then maybe you choose that your newsletter is a place where you either go deeper, maybe you share more personal insights. Some people do great kind of roundup newsletters where they're sharing things that are going on. You, for example, have a very specific newsletter with your hashtags. Mm -hmm. You kind of give it a job. So how you differentiate is by being very intentional with how you differentiate. And I actually really recommend like building out an ecosystem. Like, for example, my blog, when I blogged on it more, was more like evergreen kind of long-term ideas and articles. My newsletter is where I kind of share more personal insights and like kind of words of encouragement. And then this podcast is where we obviously have conversations kind of around creativity and business. And then my Instagram is kind of just where I share like little moments of my life. So I very clearly know my content ecosystem there. And where everything belongs. When I have an idea, I automatically know where it belongs and I really think it's really empowering to know within ourselves what belongs where in our content ecosystems and kind of but the ecosystem can only function if you know the whole point of your content ecosystem how do you do it pretty much the same so yeah my my hashtag newsletter has obviously got a very dedicated purpose I have been experimenting this last kind of just since the new year with writing for each newsletter a longer form kind of essay Mm. analysis piece on Instagram but because I don't like to read long pieces in an email I can't for some reason I never read a long email what I do for that is I write it on my blog and I link to it from the newsletter so technically you wouldn't need to be on my newsletter to get that Mm. but they only go up when the newsletter comes out so it's linked in that way and I think that that's worked quite well for me because it's kind of brought people back to my website we're Mm. all slightly disengaging with blogs at the moment so it feels like a nice way to get people back on my website and also to give them that taste of what my longer form content is like because my newsletter is so specific and Mm. kind of that almost like a listicle of hashtags each month I wanted some way of kind of bringing people into an experience of longer content from me so that they could have a taste of what it's like to take a course with me, for example. You're making your ecosystem work better for you in this season, it sounds. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the joys of a mailing list, I think, is that you get to keep redefining it and reshaping it and changing it. And your audience will self-select. If it's no longer for them, they will unsubscribe. If it's great for them, then they'll stick around. And I know a lot of people worry about unsubscribe rates and we should probably touch on that because every time you send an email, you're going to get unsubscribers. And it's kind of the opposite to a lot of things in the sense that people won't go out of their way to trawl back through their inbox and find you and unsubscribe. They're not going to be looking for people to unfollow. But the second you send an email, you will get 
tons of people who suddenly remember you and go, actually, I don't want this anymore. And that's fine. Yeah, I actually delete, like, I've deleted over the years thousands of people. You're quite ruthless, aren't you? If someone hasn't opened in, like, 20 emails, I clear them off because I'm paying for them to be on there. Yeah. And also then that number of list subscribers is a vanity metric. Yes. I think it is human nature to feel like an unsubscribe is a rejection, especially when they've clicked, like, the no longer interested button or they've left a bit of a comment. But I actually, every time I have unsubscribed, what I care more about is, well, how many people, because for me, the biggest joy of my newsletter is every Sunday I send one and then every Sunday I have these lovely emails in my inbox. Yeah. Just for me, it's connection and community and just it's beautiful. So when someone unsubscribes, I'm like, good for you because I wasn't serving you right now. Yes. And instead of seeing it from a scarcity mindset, I'm like, these people have decided that I'm not a good fit for them. I'm not going to no longer irritate them. <laughs> They're no longer going to waste their life minutes on me. It's it's just a circle of life and it's beautiful let them go because what that means is that you only get unsubscribed when you're really saying something yeah when you're really connecting because that's when you miss connecting with the other people yeah you found a kind of a voice and one of like the big kind of I guess philosophies within my content ecosystem approach is attracting and repelling like if you try and please everyone you're just going to be so forgettable you want people to unsubscribe because that means that you're really honing in on who you are and who you're for because I promise you this if you have people who hate your content you'll also have people who adore your content above everything else totally and also it kind of follows through that if you keep those people around however by whatever means and trick them essentially into buying your content when they perhaps shouldn't have or wouldn't have you are going to have a bad experience with that customer. They're going to be dissatisfied with the product or they're going to fail to connect with you or it's going to not meet their expectations because that disconnect was already there and it's amplified once they've made an investment in you. So I would say like the people who have bad experiences on my course, usually like nine times out of 10 when that's happened and I've gone and looked back, I've been like, why were they even on my mailing list to begin with? Like it was really clear that we weren't for each other in the first place. And sometimes it's not personal. Sometimes someone is just busy. Yes. And they, I've had people say to me before when it, they leave a comment of why they unsubscribe, they were like, I'm too busy right now and I feel guilty every time I don't read this. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, it's not about you, it's about them. I'm not, like I've said, I'm not an email reader. Like exactly. I can't read long things on my email. So if that's the kind of content you're creating, I might unsubscribe from your list. Doesn't mean I don't like you. Doesn't mean I don't like your content. It's just not the the strand of your content that I'm going to be choosing to consume yeah and I think the thing to focus on am I connecting with the people I'm trying to connect with with this the people who choose not to be here that's their prerogative they're allowed not to be here just as much as you're allowed to not be on someone else's list yeah don't worry too much about them because they were never your people to begin with okay let's see someone also asks how often should I send newsletters and should I have the format vary each time we had quite a few questions like this today. Yeah. Should I send it weekly? Does it need to be monthly? Yours is weekly. Yes. Mine is monthly-ish. Yeah, my newsletter is like second to my husband. It's like the longest relationship I've ever had. It's <laughs> like my fifth year of, I only, I've never missed a week, but I do take a month off in the summer and take time off over Christmas for my newsletter. And it's like this thing I religiously do and I love it and I love the community I found there and I love the writing process I found with it. And But it brings me joy if it ever stops bringing me joy. There was a time, I think, actually two years ago or three, that for six months I went down to fortnightly because I just felt too stretched and I just Mm. needed a bit of space. But it was really funny by cutting down. 
then I lost the love for it even more. Interesting. But I think in terms, I have like Alexandra Franzen, my favorite human on the internet. She will sometimes send out one a week and sometimes I won't hear from her for five months. Yeah. Because for her, she sends them out when she has something to say. Mm-hmm. There's other people like Jamie Veron who sends them out every single Friday and Paul Jarvis sends it out every single Sunday. My friend Jess, I think she sends us out on Mondays. Sorry, Jess, if I've got that wrong. <laughs> but it's up to you and how it fits. I think the first question is, what energy do I have to commit to this? Yeah. Because maybe weekly would work great for you, but you only have time for one a month. It's much better to do one great one a month than four crappy ones just to force yourself. Definitely. And what energy and appetite do your audience have mm-hmm. for it? Because a weekly letter from you is really valuable. But if I was sending people new hashtags every week, it would be complete overwhelm. <laughs> Nobody would use that. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And when we start believing that there's a right or wrong way to do it, we get really lost and really stuck. Mm. And so it's just reminding yourself, ask yourself, what what do I have to give to this letter? My vision for my newsletter, what will best support it? Because maybe it's you just want to do a monthly roundup of great things you found on the internet. You don't need to do that every week because that's not a monthly roundup. Yeah. And maybe it's you only want to send out an email when you've got brand new stock in your store that you know that the people on your mailing list are going to want to see. So it might be even more ad hoc if you're not necessarily like bringing in new stock all the time some of my clients who do like retail business especially seasonal retail businesses they seem to find that once a quarter like once a season mm. works great for them because they tend to keep more day-to-day in contact on instagram with their people yeah because you don't want to sell too much that's one thing that people are quite sensitive to in in their inbox i would say like do you do you sign up to any retail mailing lists i guess like toast mm. and like i'm sure there's others that i'm completely forgetting and like i have like the Sunday Times emails me every week to remind me of things and like, and the guard, like things like that. And like, but no, I, I try, I, this year I'm trying to do like no fast fashion. So I've, I've like unsubscribed from yeah. all the fast fashion emails. But for me, like a big corporation sending me a sales email feels very different to like a small maker sending me an email. Yeah, like an Etsy shop update from your favorite maker is completely different to the top shop new in this week. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I feel Maybe it's just because of the world I'm in, but I love getting anything from a small maker. Definitely. And I think there's so many opportunities for makers that kind of lend themselves really well to newsletters. Like you could have a new product, but then you could share something in the newsletter that you're not going to find in the store, like a behind the scenes of how it's made or the story of your inspiration behind it. Maybe some pictures of what inspired it. I think it's a really beautiful way to make people feel more connected to your work whilst also being a very gentle sales tool yeah I think with newsletters the good the good and the bad thing is that you can do anything yeah which is a good thing but then also it feels overwhelming and then what tends to happen is then everyone starts to do the same thing mm. because it's like everyone will send out a letter and I'm, I'm part of this problem because I do the same thing and so it's not bad but like there's so many different things you can do and you can do things that are outside of the box as well you can maybe you're a maker but you share like maybe you also love to travel and you give people a behind the scenes of your design inspiration by sharing your travels with them like little travel guides like anything to me that comes from someone's creativity and vision and joy and whatever I love that but if someone's just sending me sales emails over and over again with no humanity in them if I love your products I'm probably not going to mind to an extent though yeah I think everyone has a tolerance level for that and there comes a point where enough is enough and they're going to unsubscribe And so I do think it comes back to that thing of what's going to be valuable to my audience. And sometimes that is news of products. Sometimes it is to say my course is on sale today. Don't miss out. That's valuable to the people who need to hear it. So don't be afraid of selling. But the rest of the time, there's other ways to be of value as well. And don't just focus on that one facet of your brand and your business, which is sales. I never feel bad 
like my guided journal, which is launching on the day this goes out, my email list will have received an invitation to check it out if they want to. Yeah. I don't feel bad about that because every Sunday I show up for them and connect with them. And I've got this thing that I'm really excited about and there is no pressure in this email. I'm just introducing to them this thing I've made. And I've said, check it out if you want to check it out. If not, have an awesome day. I'll see you on Sunday. So it also comes down to like, if there's a relationship there, you've nurtured it. Selling isn't bad. I personally love to switch it. I like to think of it as inviting, not selling. Mm -hmm. Because I'm making you an invitation to see if this is a good fit for you. I'm not, I don't want to persuade you or manipulate someone or do any of that stuff yeah like for example lush which i imagine lush is in the u.s right i've definitely been to, yeah i think it's international i hate going into that shop i love the products <laughs> but in the shop they're so extroverted and friendly and want to show you the products yeah. and they come over to you and they, it's just like being at a beauty counter and like can i help you i'm an introvert i want to shop in peace and quiet you will get so much more sales out of me if you leave me the hell alone yeah and i think that newsletters is it's kind of respecting your people inviting them to engage with what you've got available to them not screaming at them to pay you attention that's personally the approach that I tend to resonate with a bit more than others it would be really interesting to see if Lush's newsletter is pushy like the shop yeah has the same tone I feel like I when I've had like their um their marketing material sent in the post it's just showing the products and in the shop and I think it would probably work with a lot of people because some people love but I'm in I actually want to have like an introvert badge when I go into shops of just like leave me alone alone. t-shirt when I used to work in retail that was like one of the things we were really encouraged to do was make sure you make direct contact with every customer and as an introvert I found it horrendous to do but it did work I would say like 90% of the time it would make a sale but it's that line isn't it of what are you willing to do to get a sale and how many of those people went home afterwards and felt like they'd made a fully mindful decision Mm -hmm. versus how many felt they'd kind of been carried along by the sales process and I in my own business I don't feel comfortable doing anything that feels like manipulating people to buy because I really want people to feel like they've done it intentionally and that it's the right choice and that they're really thrilled about what they've done. Yeah, I love, like your customer knows what they need best. Yes. So our marketing is not there to fuck with them. Our marketing is there to make them see if they can find themselves in what we're offering. And if not, I don't want them to invest in their time, energy and money into it. Especially as like a coach or someone who runs classes, you're results need to speak for themselves and if you're getting people through who are not gonna enjoy it not gonna complete it not gonna get the results it's bad for everybody and I just think people should be respected I'm so done with like manipulative marketing strategies and I just think when you think of it so if you're thinking of the newsletter the sales side of your newsletter I would just really encourage you to ponder on what it would look like for you to invite not sell because it'll have the same outcome but you'll feel better and they'll feel better because I think I feel like a lot of online marketing advice over the years has really encouraged us to like tap into pain points and like mm. manipulate them manipulate them by sending them seven emails so they can't run away from what have you're have a offering. sales funnel and give it just, a little bit for free it's horrible mm-hmm. and it's more just like what if you respect that this person knows what they need and is has so much intelligence to gather from a very honest friendly sales page whether or not something is for them and you invite them and you let them make the decision for themselves because you are not entitled to that sale but they are entitled to having an experience that is full of integrity and honesty it's kind of um one of the traps of capitalism i think isn't it it's this idea that it's like profit and sales at any cost and i think we are 
a group of people and we're an increasingly large group of people who are actually coming from more of like the heart space and saying actually like I want to make a good living but I don't want to do that at the expense of other people's happiness or the other the expense of other people's like freedom to make decisions for themselves and there is a place in the middle where you can still do both of those things yeah I feel like I've just gone on a massive marketing run <laughs> totally agree though I'm so on board I've got a whole episode of hashtag authentic coming up about these free webinars and these sales funnels and all of these strategies that are used to manipulate people into buying things that they probably don't want or need it's also really funny whenever I have like whenever you chat with like a friend who's also a business owner and you end up getting into the nitty-gritty of business sometimes they'll ask oh how many people are on your email list the shock in people's faces when I tell them how many the shock on your face when you know how many people are on my email (laughs) list I have an email list right now of about three and a half thousand people which after five years of building my business is tiny in most online circles now true I have deleted many people of the thousands of people that lived over the years but I have a six-figure business now having a six-figure business is not a sign of success I felt successful when I made 30 grand a year because Mm. it paid the bills I only say that to bust some myths around list size equaling the potential for whatever your version of success which is is exactly the same with Instagram followers like how many Instagram followers have you got 5,000 5,000 and you've got a six-figure business And I think I just say, and I think for me, because I have focused on the connection and the humanity and I don't need, I don't want a hundred million people to have to buy from me to have a successful business. That sounds horrible. I want to know, I want to recognize everyone who I connected in my work. I want to know who they are and I want to, I just I'm just saying this don't believe the lie that numbers means it sometimes it does like you have a huge list and you have a successful very successful business but I don't think that those numbers are why you have a successful business no and I definitely could go through and just prune off a load of them and it wouldn't have any difference to my bottom line because I probably need to do what you've done and delete those people who aren't opening emails. It's the same reason I've never felt tempted to do something like Facebook ads. Mm. And this is not a judgment or a negative um, assumption about anyone that does. If they work for you, then stick with it. But for me, it always felt too general. Like I don't want to cast my net that wide to bring people into buying my product. I really feel like I need people to have a relationship with what I do beforehand and the way that I establish that is through things like my Instagram and my podcasts and my mailing list I was having a really funny conversation with a client yesterday you know that kind of general marketing advice which is and it's good marketing advice it's like someone should engage with your brand at least seven times before they buy from you yeah I was joking that I want someone to engage with my brand 70 times before they even think about (laughs) buying from me because I and I and you know sometimes I've had someone come straight away and knew that I was the right fit and it's wonderful but honestly when I think of my, like, I'm using bunny ears here, my marketing strategy with my email list, I just want to connect. I just want to tell stories that I believe in and I just want to have a human connection and I trust that that will take care of my business as well. The, the business success is a byproduct of the connection and, and the sharing. It's kind of about what you're focusing on and where you're giving your energy to, isn't it? And the reason I'm saying all of this is if you focus too much on building and not on what you give, you get lost along the way. Yeah. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about any of that. Don't worry about the unsubscribes. Worry about, am I building something that is so holy what I want to do in the world that it's I've planted my flag in the sand and I'm taking up the space I want to take up and I'm actually connecting with the people I want to connect with. And even though that means once a week when you send out a newsletter, two people reply and say, this changed my life. That is worth so much more than mm-hmm. 50 people who don't care. The trees that are slow to grow bear the best fruit. Yes. And so don't, don't let this become a no, don't let your newsletter become another area of your business where you think numbers define you because it really, really, really doesn't. Absolutely. I've seen many people who have like lists less than a thousand people and have thriving, thriving businesses. Totally. Just, and people who have less than a thousand Instagram followers and have thriving businesses too. 
Okay. So we have one last question to dive into about my illness. And they ask, are they actually worth it? Do people actually read them? I'm aware I sign up and I'm interested in lots, but in actual reality, I rarely read much in my inbox that isn't nursery or family. She sounds like me. <laughs> or he or they. And I guess it depends on your audience and it depends on what you're sending. And I think knowing those answers means that you can tailor it. So that is why the email I send out is something you can just read in five minutes because I find a lot of my audience are quite similar to me in that they've got a short attention span and they're quite time poor. Yeah, I would not have, I genuinely don't believe that I'd have my business today without two things, without my email community and without my podcast, because those have been the two things that have moved the needle the most and enabled connection the most in my business. But that's just my business. That's just how I've kept people. I would say eight to nine times out of 10, a newsletter is somewhat It's one of the most impactful things you will have in a business, but there are Mm. always business models where it's not in the top two most essential things. I think of, for example, a client I worked with a few years ago, she is a wedding stationer. Stationer? (laughs) Stationer. (laughs) (laughs) And she, you know, it's really, it takes a lot of work to set up a business up. And she was like, sending out emails to people was the least important thing for her to do. She would now, she would just send one out once a season just to update people and remind them of her. I know personally for me, when I receive things now, from being on my old for my wedding photographer's email list I never open it because I'm not in wedding mode anymore yeah yeah and so I would say does a newsletter have a purpose for you and your business and what is the purpose of it and how can you really dive into that I think it does have value but only if you know what you really want from it I don't know many people who who do have an email list where it isn't the one of the most essential parts of their business yeah I guess the other thing we should mention that we've not quite touched on is The other reason that mailing lists are so essential is very few things convert to sales as well as a mailing list Mm -hmm. does. So if you do have products to sell, whether those are like tangible physical products or whether they are more service-based business things, the best rate of sales, if you compare it to something like an Instagram post, a tweet, a Pinterest post, a Facebook post, most people will see the best rate of sales come from an email that they've sent. So it's a valuable tool for sales as well as that kind of community and connection building. And in this online world where you own nothing on any of the channels, it is a great way to always be able to access your community. I don't believe like Instagram went down for a few hours this week and everyone freaked out. I just don't believe in like that freak out mentality but on the other hand we've all seen how like we all saw a few years ago how Facebook pages changed and it changed the way people were able to connect with their own. it really did and I imagine like I did not freak out about the Instagram down either but if I'd had like a time limited like oh you've got 24 hours Mm -hmm. to sign up to something and it was down for 12 of them I might have felt different whereas if you've got an email list whatever happens you're always going to be able to reach out to people unless the whole internet (laughs) so it's if you don't have the energy or the inclination to pour into an email list right now, I would not believe, I would not say that you should force yourself to do so. I think ponder on what could an email list do for me and my business. But if you have one and you want to utilize it to the best of your ability, my biggest advice would be like, do you times 10 with that email list? Like share the very best pieces of you, do something that feels fun and exciting to you. And it doesn't matter if that means once a month or once a week or once a quarter, but it can be a really valuable tool for you in your business, but you have to be intent. You have to intentionally decide how you want it to work for your business. What do you think about text message mailing lists? Is that when you sign up via text message? Yeah, I found it weird. It seems to be more of a thing in the states. Yeah, I can kind of see the sense in it. Like I've never signed up for one, but for people who are super busy, like if I could get 
a text once a week that had something valuable enough that I could read in a text. I can, I'm, they kind of intrigue me for busy people. Yeah, I would find it so invasive. Like my phone is like my, yeah. that's just my personal way of, I like to keep my online life online. Yeah. But I do think the fact that it exists and that people use it must mean that it works. Yeah. And I, for some people, that's a much better way of, of being in contact. And the fact that it feels so personal could even be a plus for some people. Yeah. I mean, there is an abundance of like tools to use. I'm on MailChimp. Are you on ConvertKit? I'm on ConvertKit. I think I'd probably recommend MailChimp. I would say if you're a beginner, start with MailChimp. I see a lot of people go to ConvertKit because the people they see are successful on ConvertKit and they're investing in tools that they do not need yet at all. Yeah, and MailChimp is definitely much more beginner-friendly. It has a lot more accessible options, so you don't have to have quite such a learning curve. Something to keep your eye out is Squarespace. If they've not already launched it, a launch, they have and they look it. very nice. Like the design of them is very nice. If you have a Squarespace website, to be able to make your email feel completely on brand I think Squarespace's emails I don't think they've had a massive ripple yet in the community no they look beautiful I don't think you have a great deal of tools at the moment in terms of things like analytics yes but it's obviously a work in progress it'd be interesting to see how that evolves yeah but yeah I what what are your so what are your favorite newsletters I don't really read newsletters Mm. there are a few people who I stay signed up to and will occasionally open them from but I would say it's, it's not one of my main ways of consuming content whereas it's probably up there at one or two like top one or two ways of consuming content but my pool of people that I consume newsletters from is much smaller than say maybe the podcast I listen to or the people I follow yeah. on Instagram so it's like a sacred space for me yeah it's kind of you've inspired me to maybe re- revisit my inbox and think about who whose newsletters I do and don't want to continue receiving so maybe my position on this will change but it's all I think to do with how you best consume content and it's different for everybody and for me like reading long long things is quite difficult a lot of the time so listening is better so so much of my stuff now is coming through podcasts yeah if I could leave anyone with last advice on the topic of mailing list is forget that there's a right or wrong way to do it and just ask yourself within and I would really recommend like looking at it as in your content ecosystem of like okay what content fits where what is the purpose of my newsletter for my business what would feel fun for me what would feel exciting for me what do I like to consume and just go for it experiment you can change it as you go but I would say set yourself up for success don't ask more of yourself than you're physically able to give time-wise and just have fun you can switch it up as and when you want to but it is it's my favorite place to hang out is connecting with people on my email list and I think and if it's not your favorite place to hang out that's okay you can put your energy elsewhere but it can be a really powerful tool for business I think if you do it intentionally and not just kind of you don't want another cookie cutter seven step email onboarding system totally I would only add like one of the real joys of mailing lists I think is that it's not on public display yeah and everything else we do now is blogs podcasts instagram like it's there it tends to be there for a long time. The whole world can see it and you've not really got any control over that. The reason I think mailing lists can feel so much more intimate is it's kind of happening behind closed doors. It's not happening for everyone to watch. And for a lot of people, if you feel too public on Instagram or if there are things that you haven't felt like you were able to share on your blog, for example, a mailing list can be a really nice way to kind of explore your boundaries on that and feel more comfortable. Completely. So I would love to hear everyone else's thoughts. What do you love about newsletters? What have you learned about your own approach to newsletter? I don't think it's a topic that's going away anytime soon. I think newsletters will outlive everything else in the whole online marketing world. Definitely. And if you have different answers to the things that we've 
shared today because these are just our perspectives so it'd be really good to hear kind of from both sides of the fence on these ones definitely we would love to hear your thoughts and as always you can catch us on social media with the hashtag dear hopeful creative yes and just one last reminder if you would like to snag one of those last couple of workshop spaces to come and hang out with jen and myself and really look at what's getting in the way of your business this year and start moving things forwards the link is in the show notes so come check it out and if you would like to hold space for yourself to really dive deep into what you want from your work in your life this year if you want to cut out all the noise that's why i've created homecoming so you can find a link to that in the show notes too thank you so much for listening bye you can join us at letters from a hopeful creative.com and on social media so on instagram i'm at me and Orla. and you'll find me at jen carrington underscore we're going to be sharing new episodes every monday so if you've liked what you've heard so far hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show yeah and we can't wait to connect with you soon